Hey, 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 what's happening? Thanks for joining us on the South Central Indiana News Network. You're listening to What's Happening, where we highlight local news and events for Bloomington and the surrounding region. Skip Daly here, joined by Julie Beasley, one of my favorite people, and I'm glad to have this opportunity to see you today. How are things? It's good to see you, Skip, and it's not nearly as frequently as it used to be or that we would like to, but things are going well. I think once we get through this week, I'll be uh, really looking forward to taking a good break with the kids over the next few weeks. Well, that brings me to my next question. What does Christmas and the holiday season look like at the Beasley household? <laughs> well, we've been under a renovation since August. Uh, we finally got uh, run- running water in the last few days, so we finally have a kitchen sink back. Um, so we'll be functioning a little bit more like normal, but we will be spending a lot of time at home at home, uh, playing with the, the puppies uh, that we have, and then traveling to see family a little bit, trying to decide right now whether we take a four-day trip going to Louisville or Chicago. So uh, that's kind of up in the air, but going to have a bit of downtime. I can relate to the renovations and the remodel. I've got, uh, I've got quite a bit of that going on myself. But let's delve a little deeper. Christmas Eve? Is is that the big uh, hoopla or is it Christmas Day? Do the kids wake up early? Do you guys do a later thing? Uh, you hold off until you get together with family? What is the logistics side of things? Yeah, since we started, uh, had kiddos, so for the last 11 years, Christmas is always at our house, so um, with just our immediate family. So it makes a good time for the kids to be home and be able to do presents from Santa. It's usually a two-day celebration on Christmas Eve. We typically um, will go to Mass, and before after, sushi is our tradition. So, Wow, <laughs> sushi. Sushi, yeah. So we usually go to Asuka every Christmas Eve, get the kids to bed, and then from there, uh, the next morning, I usually cross my fingers that the kids will sleep in at least until 7 or 8. So we'll see what happens this year, but then uh, present opening and spending the, the whole day with new toys and electronics. Now, New Year's Eve is also on a weekend this year. Plans? Anything going on? Anything to invite me to? <laughs> if you'd like to drive to Hanover, Indiana, you're welcome. <laughs> my my family, my parents decided to uh, celebrate Christmas on New Year's weekend. So everyone's not traveling a ton around Christmas week. So we'll be with family uh, ringing in the new year. Well, that brings us to what we have going on today. We're going to slightly change up the format. We're going to jump right into our guest here after a quick break. This week, we are featuring Bloomington 2021, a year in review, brought to us by John Hamilton, mayor of the city of Bloomington. We'll be back after this quick message from our sponsors. You're listening to What's Happening on the South Central Indiana News Network. I'm injury attorney Matt Lloyd. With an injury claim, don't leave cash on the table by not realizing all the Indiana laws that can help you. The insurance company won't tell you about them, but call me for a free consultation to learn all the important steps to get the best settlement. Call or text 812-333-MATT or go online to myinjurycase.com. Let's join forces and fight for a settlement that makes sense for you. 812-333-MATT. Are you spending more time at home these days? If so, then you'll want to consider having your carpets professionally cleaned. Brothers Carpet Cleaning has been the region's premier cleaner for nearly a decade. Their truck-mounted systems are the most effective to remove bacteria, allergens, and pet dander. 
Brothers Carpet Cleaning will professionally clean your carpet, tile, upholstery, and wood. When it has to be clean, call Brothers Carpet Cleaning. Online at CarpetCleaningBrothers.com Welcome back. You are listening to What's Happening on the South Central Indiana News Network. Julie Beasley here along with Skip Daly. Our community update is brought to us today by the world-famous family-friendly Porthole Inn, the gem of Lake Lemon. You can check them out and experience their amazing food and drink menus. The Arts Alliance Center in Bloomington on East 3rd Street will host a day of great activities for the whole family this Saturday, December 18th. They will offer different holiday stations, Set up for your enjoyment, which include a present wrapping station from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., a card writing and mailing station from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., and Meet Santa from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. The Arts Alliance is a recent venue that's offering a public gallery showcasing local visual artists and a space for private events, performances, dances, theater classes, and much more. Well, Julie, joining us once again for his annual recap of the year is the mayor of Bloomington, Indiana, Mr. John Hamilton. Uh, mayor Hamilton, how are you? Thank you so much. It's nice to be with you. I'm, I'm fine. And uh, it's been quite a, quite a year again, 2021. It was good to be with you guys again. Why don't we start off? Just give us a quick synopsis of the year in Bloomington, Indiana, please. Well, thanks. And, you know, gosh, sometimes it's hard to, to put ourselves back at the beginning of 2021. But if we try to do that, we remember we were just getting the notion of vaccines. We were, we were in the midst of this very scary pandemic. We didn't know what was happening. There had been a terrible surge uh, last winter of cases going up and people dying. And uh, we really didn't know what the vaccines would do. So there was a, really a lot of hope uh, that, the, that the pandemic would be turned around in the first quarter, first half of 2021 of this year, and millions of us, tens of millions of us got vaccines, including myself and my family members. And we did see a really dramatic improvement through the spring of this pandemic. And, you know, looking back on this year, this pandemic and the kind of the economic fallout are certainly the largest story that we've been dealing with. So there was a lot of hope. It was frustrating then, then the, the kind of the politics got so dramatic about well, who's going to get a vaccine and should you get a vaccine and struggles about how schools should handle this and, and such. And still, though, we're pretty hopeful that by summer, we'd be kind of walking our way out of this place. We were in a lot of ways. So looking back over the year, it's had that rhythm of really starting in a dark place, getting to the summer where we remember kind of July 4th, there was the hope that that would really be a, a turning point. And then we were in pretty good shape. And then the Delta variant hit. And this was a, a variant that kind of was really infectious. And it started hitting us in the in the late summer and, and early fall. And like most places around the country and the planet, we had real surges. So it was kind of deja vu. Here we go. And it's I have to say it's, you know, it's surging again right now. So the story of the year certainly has been how we managed. Now, I'm incredibly proud of this community, the way people have come together and helped each other and the healthcare workers who just stayed at this, the first responders, our essential workers, 
many of whom are tired, uh, but have done such a great job to keep everybody fed and safe and, and protected. But I, I will say it's been, it's frustrating and disappointing that here we are at the end of 2021, and we're still seeing thousands of people dying and uh, new rises in cases when, from my perspective, this is all preventable. Now, there's a lot of things I'm really proud of. The city worked hard. Uh, we got a lot of things done this year, and we can talk about that. Uh, I'm incredibly proud of the investments we've made to help the community recover forward, as we call it, to move forward out of this. But I do have to say, overall, the story of the year has been that, that kind of roller coaster of how's this pandemic going and how are we getting out of it? Uh, and we're frankly not out of it yet. So we're, we're learning to adjust. Mayor Hamilton, to bounce off the challenges from COVID-19 over the last year, the last year and a half, a bright light amidst all of that is the new hospital just opened recently. Um, So it's definitely a positive for the community, especially seeing an influx in cases. How is everything looking right now? What is your responsibility with the transition with the old hospital site at this time? Yeah, thanks, Julie. That, you know, I like to note that is the single biggest economic development, economic investment in our city's history, uh, over half a billion dollars. It's a huge thing to have that complex, that regional academic health center open in December. And it's going to be hugely important and valuable for our city for generations to come. It went smoothly. It was a multi-year process to open. And as you indicated now, the city is has bought and will eventually control the old site. We got to get a better name for it than that. We're going to, you know, we won't call it the old hospital forever, but that's a huge opportunity for us. That's a multi-year process. We're going to be gradually uh, demolishing buildings there. The hospital will be demolishing its own hospital in the next year or so. And will be an opportunity to put hundreds more residences and and offices and uh, green space, really create a new neighborhood. We kind of call it a a new hub in the heart of downtown that I think is going to be enormously uh, important and attractive. So our our attention in the city is focused on that redevelopment opportunity. Mayor Hamilton, what does the timeline look like on that redevelopment of the the old hospital? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's going to take a while. Let me say it it took many years to build a new hospital and you turn a switch on December 6th and the old hospital closes but it's going to take quite a while. You'll see, I think, movement, physical movement next uh, spring and summer in kind of the eastern part of that site as we develop that first. That's kind of east of Rogers Street between first and second. We're going to be building new streets. We're going to be putting in green space uh, and an exciting greenway, uh, activating that. The main hospital building has to be decommissioned, all the equipment that can be used, taken out of it, deconstructed. It will be demolished by the uh, IU Health System uh, over the next year plus to do that. And then that will begin to redevelop. This, these are multi-year projects to build the infrastructure because we're connecting all the streets again and, and, and kind of re-knitting it together to the neighborhoods around it. it it's, it's been a kind of a mega block for 100 years. So uh, that'll take a few years. And look, the whole redevelopment is probably a 10-year kind of project. We have a great master plan. Uh, We're very excited about it. And it's a once in a century opportunity for our city to reimagine and redevelop that neighborhood. Now, Mayor, this was obviously not the only construction project that was going on in our town over the past year. Talk about the Underground River (laughs) 
7th Street repairs, the parks that have uh, gotten a facelift, and of course, there's been two, I believe, parking garages. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, you're, you're right, Skip. And um, uh, the city has been involved directly in those things you talked about. One replacement garage and one new garage helping the downtown continue to redevelop and hence supporting the works and the, uh, the workers and also the shoppers who want to come downtown and, and uh, retail establishments, as well as the seven line. We're very excited about that. That's part of the bicentennial gift. Back in 2018, we we did a $10 million bond to kind of pass it forward and give gifts to the future. And one of those uh, four, four new trails that are part of that, one of them is the seven line. That's, uh, that's a new uh, protected bike lane and great new pedestrian uh, amenity access uh, east from the B line onto IU campus with the goal of extending that eventually all the way out past the bypass and uh, out to Brewster's ice cream, if I can name a place that people will know out there. So we're also, you know, Switchyard Park is kind of getting its legs under it. Our biggest uh, ever uh, park, new park, uh, is activating and exciting. And we're learning, uh, it's kind of like wearing new clothes, figuring out where they fit and where you might need to tailor them a little bit. We've also been investing in new playgrounds and, and uh, of course, uh, new infrastructure that we do every year with fire trucks and public safety vehicles and all that stuff keeps going during this pandemic. So uh, a lot of that's private, uh, the public investment. And then, you know, the private sector has been doing thousands of housing units uh, over the last few years, too, including many this year. And Bloomington is doing very well. It's, uh, there's a lot of investment we've seen. Our kind of the, the, the government geek uh, assessed value has gone up uh, quite significantly over the last several years, including this year, meaning the value of all the physical property continues to rise. Another challenge or concern over the summer was a great deal of flooding that came through downtown and that impacted one of our fire stations in Bloomington. I think that was fire station number one, and that was closed for a period of time, along with many other businesses and organizations that were impacted by the flood. What does that look like for that that specific fire department right now? Has everything been repaired? Are fire department workers back to work as normal? What was that process like and where are things at at this point since that was several months ago back in June? You're right. June 18th and 19th uh, overnight, we had uh, an unprecedented deluge of rain actually within a one or two hour period that flooded downtown several feet of water uh, on Kirkwood. You're right. It wiped out our, our city headquarters fire department, apartment number one, building number one. It also flooded the police department, which wasn't far from there. And that fire department is still closed, that building. Uh, we've actually relocated our fire department, uh, our downtown, to a couple blocks west in some temporary quarters. They're serving fine. It's working well. But we are trying to figure out whether we even rebuild in that same location. Um, it's, it's a difficult spot. The basement is very difficult to keep protected we may relocate that. So we're, we're still actually studying that right now. But in the meantime, headquarters and, uh, and fire department number one is, is operated a couple blocks west of there. The Hidden River, which is part of the infrastructure underneath that, the Campus River, which runs underneath downtown, it has been, we've been expanding the uh, conduit for that. And that's uh, coming close to closing in, in 2022. We should be done with that. But let me, let me say even if that had been done at the time, uh, my utilities folks tell me there was just too much rain. We've got to 
we've got to figure out how to create a retention basin, I think, on, uh, on the upside of that uh, to protect against that. These are probably climate-related to intense storms that we're going to see more of, the scientists tell us, so we have to be ready for those. And I, I know it was a difficult June for a lot of people. Mayor, on a quick follow-up to that, what is currently going on, perhaps in discussions or in consultation, in regards to the, the water capacity for, for the city of Bloomington? Because floods are not uncommon here, and we've seen different areas of town. Now, there's been improvements through the years, but obviously we still have some of these challenges. And, and as the storms get more aggressive, is the consultation right now to increase the water capacity is that going on? Well, managing stormwater is a big part of the, what City Bloomington Utilities does. They, they provide drinking water and they manage wastewater, the sewers, and they also manage stormwater. So runoff, uh, all three of those things, and they're all really important. You're right that we, we really are predicting some uh, heavier rain events. Again, this, this was something unprecedented, frankly, in the history that we had of this pace of the of the rain on that night of June 18th and 19th. But we have to be planning and dealing with that maybe coming more often. So we have new stormwater grants that we've created uh, through the City of Wilmington Utilities to help individual and individual locations manage those. It's, it's one of the reasons that our, our new zoning code, which we passed this past year, really helps focus on limiting non-permeable surface because what what typically happens is in an urban environment you just get non-permeable surfaces that the water runs off quickly and it's difficult to manage that's what's happening in the downtown area so those things like better green infrastructure the seven line that we just created is an example of that if you look carefully you'll see built-in rain swales and built-in ways that the water's collected and slowed down that we didn't used to do it's one of the reasons we're talking to IU about as we look at that campus river and the hidden river underneath downtown, how do we, how do we manage detention? Frankly, it can sometimes be just trying to hold water for a matter of hours uh, as the rain comes so that you can let it percolate through less quickly. So all that's on the plate. It's really, it is one of the costs of climate change that this mayor and mayors all across the country are dealing with, uh, trying to figure out how we manage the natural environment this way. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have more with Mayor of Bloomington, Mr. John Hamilton. You're listening to What's Happening on the South Central Indiana News Network. This is Danny with WeatherVane Insurance Solutions. Not only is it especially important for our economy to support local businesses these days, but as your local independent insurance agency, WeatherVane Insurance can shop you around with dozens of carriers to ensure you receive the most competitive price and, of course, the best customer service. Find us on the web at weathervaneonline.com. That's weathervaneonline.com. Are you concerned about your life insurance coverage during these uncertain times in history? I'm Adam Beasley with American Senior Benefits right here in Bloomington, and we can help you find the best coverage for you and your family. We work for you to find the best plan out of more than 150 companies. We can compare your existing coverage or start a brand new plan. From newborn to 89 years old, from term to permanent, we'll find what's best for you. Call us at American Senior Benefits, 812-631-2305. 
Welcome back. You are listening to What's Happening on the South Central Indiana News Network. Julie Beasley, along with Skip Bailey here, joined today by Bloomington's Mayor John Hamilton. Mayor Hamilton, to pop back in, the city of Bloomington released an announcement recently about a sister city to Bloomington in Palo Alto, California. I'm interested in the backstory on that. Uh, How was that relationship established? What were the conversations ahead of that decision? And how does that impact anything for Bloomington moving forward? Thanks for asking about that. Yeah, you know, we have a couple international, what are called sister cities. We have Tega in Nicaragua and we have Santa Clara in Cuba. Uh, but we never had a domestic relationship with a city, and that's because there weren't really any. And I, I'll tell you, we got contacted by a, a person who used to live in Bloomington, now lives in Palo Alto, ironically. And she was working on a project that really looks at how many stereotypes we have within the country. How many coastal cities think of the Midwest in a certain way, or how many of us in the Midwest think of coastal residents in certain ways? And we know how much division there is in the country and, and suspicion and stereotyping. And this idea of sibling cities, it's a little updated for the 21st century, uh, sibling cities domestically was one that, that Vicki Venker brought, uh, this individual, to us. We got talking to Palo Alto. I know Palo Alto was looking at a number of other cities in the Midwest. We hit it off, frankly. The mayor came here. We talked and met. Uh, I think the backstory essentially is we were early adopters of this idea of a sibling city. I was interested in it. And pretty quickly, Palo Alto, California and Bloomington, Indiana found each other and started talking. We're the very first pair of sibling cities in the United States. We hope there'll be many more. And I, we don't really know where it will lead, but we know the goal. And the goal is to help build understanding and connections and cultural sharing uh, and economic sharing between these two cities. They're, you know, obviously part of a great big metropolitan area of San Francisco. They're the home of Silicon Valley, Stanford University. We're a small city in the middle of a rural area, quite different kind of makeup demographically in the region. So we've already had a bunch of people who are really kind of keen on hey, can, can this high school drama class share with that high school drama class? Or can this Rotary Club work with that Rotary Club? Or can this, you know, the mill, our, our venture uh, economy and our new economy work with Silicon Valley? So we're going to be starting in 2022, really digging into that and looking at uh, exploration. So far, we've exchanged gift baskets. I've gotten some cool stuff from Palo Alto. We've sent some cool stuff out to Palo Alto. Uh, we're going to be meeting each other. Our city councils have both uh, adopted and endorsed it. So 2022 should be a really interesting year, and maybe this time next year we can report on what's happened as a result of this new relationship. There's been some change going on earlier in the year, back in the spring. A longtime public servant uh, retired, your deputy mayor, Mick Grinheisen. Talk to us briefly about his career and how the transition for his replacement has been going along. You know, Mick Renison, in ways, is a classic and archetypical public servant. He actually worked for the city of Bloomington for 40 years. He started at an entry-level job in the Parks Department in the sports leagues and, and worked his way up uh, eventually to run the sports side of the Parks Department. Eventually, was promoted to director of the Parks Department for many years, uh, an award-winning Parks Department. And I asked him to serve as my deputy mayor for his last five-plus years of public employment. He He's an extraordinary public servant. He worked really hard. It was hard to give him a send-off, though he 
he earned it. You know, 40 years of employment in one place is a pretty good run. He's I keep in touch with him. He's doing well. He's still active in civic duties, but he was a key partner to me in, in many of the things that we did in the first five and a half years. He he has a worthy successor in Don Griffin, who's jumped in uh, since spring and hit the ground running. And uh, we, we, we haven't missed a beat, but we do miss Mick uh, and wish him all the best. Yes, he's uh, he's a great guy. He's, he's very involved with with IU athletics as well. Of course, he's uh, he, he's involved with uh, being a statistician and an announcer and whatnot uh, to many of the sports over there. We've had him on the show. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's a, he's a, a very interesting individual, well-deserved retirement. So congratulations to you, Deputy Mayor Renison. And moving on here, recapping 2021, it, it all wasn't flowers and birthday cakes. Sadly, Bloomington has seen an uprise, what appears to be an uprise in violent crimes. Why don't you talk about some of the causes of that and how your administration is working to help combat some of that? Sure. You know, we do every February, we do a a state of the public safety report on the city, and we'll be doing that again this coming February. And while overall the crime uh, rates have declined, if you look at the aggregate numbers, uh, and that's a good thing uh, for for lots of reasons, I think, but we're certainly working hard to help our community improve that way. You were right that in particular, some violent crimes and particularly gun crimes, we are seeing increases. I'm very concerned about that. It's something we pay a lot of attention to on on a daily basis. People often don't think about how many firearms there are in our community. There's probably well over 100,000, 150,000 guns just in our community. And and in the pandemic, we've seen stress levels increase. We've seen uh, isolation increase. Uh, we've seen stress overall increase. Uh, and some of that can bear out when there's when there's so many uh, so much weaponry around. It can cause problems. We we will be continuing to address it. It's certainly not unusual or unique in Bloomington. In fact, a lot of the bigger cities in our country have seen really concerning and, and, and hard to deal with rises in violent crime. We haven't seen that kind of impact, but we are, we're worried about it. I, I, I guess I would have to say overall, what worries me is kind of this underlying stress, conflict, division, blaming, uh, stereotyping that can turn neighbor against neighbor, family against family member, and create that kind of stress. I, I think part of it is the pandemic. I think part of it is kind of the culture of, of blaming and creating enemies around every corner that can, can be done. And, uh, you know, we work really hard in Bloomington to remind all of us we're neighbors and we're friends and we're fellow residents of this community and let's take care of each other. And so many of us do. Uh, but occasionally that happens that that conflict breaks out into violence, and I hate to see it every time it does. One more topic that I wanted to get an update on. This has been in and out of the news over the last year or so, and recently the courts seem to have reversed one of your appointments to a boarding commission. Go ahead and give us a real quick synopsis of what happened there and how you're addressing this moving forward? Well, you know, we have over 200 members on boards and commissions in the city, and we appoint uh, them. I appoint some of them. The city council appoints some of them. Uh, others are traded from commission to commission. So 
it's a, it's a constant thing that we do. And, and hundreds of our residents uh, serve on these commissions from public safety to parks, to plan commission, to sustainability, to traffic and many others. And on one of those appointments this year, there was a dispute about who got to make the appointment. And as you pointed out, there was a there was a new state law that said if a mayor or a council does not make an appointment soon enough, then the political party chair can make an appointment in certain circumstances. And it's actually in front of the courts about whether that happened or not. And we have a view and the party chair has a different view. And I actually it's it's not it doesn't worry me too much. It'll get worked out. And, and it's in the courts about who should make a certain appointment. But I do think, I mean, the main point I'd like to say is we, we so appreciate hundreds of people who give volunteer their time to help make the city run and to advise us and to help uh, pass regulations or approve variances and changes and that kind of stuff. And that's what helps keep the city running. And we really appreciate their service. Indeed. And there are several current openings for different boards and commissions. South Central Indiana News Network has been reposting all of those openings, trying to get the word out. We definitely support those in the community being involved. So if you're interested out there, you're listening and you're interested in being on one of these boards and commissions or multiple of those, uh, go ahead and check out the city website or you can go ahead and check us out on bloomingtonnews.online. Now, Mayor, your time is valuable and we're going to wrap things up here. But before we do, I want to give you the opportunity to to talk a little bit more about your positives out of 2021 and what you're looking for out of 2022 for the city of Bloomington, Indiana. Well, thanks, Skip. It's good to be with you. And, and, you know, while 2021 had a lot of challenges and certainly the biggest and most fundamental was this pandemic we're still in. I am, I am very hopeful and optimistic about the way the community has come together from thinking about how we changed downtown and closed some streets and helped, helped restaurants get more space for people to dine safely to how we uh, helped the arts community with grants to help them get through that. And, the commu- and, and of course, the community just came together, keeping us safe. Our, our program that we call Recover Forward is, is really trying to emphasize, let's come out of this problem. Let's come out of this pandemic in, in, a, in the right way, moving forward toward a community that's more inclusive, that welcomes everybody, that, that, that works for people from all walks of life. And that means looking at helping people get jobs who have difficulty getting jobs, helping people get housing who have difficulty getting housing, helping create a better quality of life, uh, lower energy costs, more parks, those kinds of things. Investing in ways that move us forward to be more inclusive and also more sustainable so that we can do the right thing around climate change and build the kind of economy and society that will help. And we really are making strides on that. And I think 2022, in fact, this whole decade of the 20s is really a key part. We passed a climate action plan, which really lays out how does our community move forward for that. And I guess let's just remember, too, 2021 was the year of the cicadas. Remember the cicadas? We got through all that. That was kind of a crazy reminder from the natural world that we all belong together and there are certain rhythms. And let's turn the page to 2022. And I'm really excited about the opportunity to build a better Bloomington altogether. Well, okay, Mayor Hamilton, thank you so much for joining us. We, uh, we greatly appreciate your time and thanks for your outlook on 2022, of course, and for all the work that you and the employees and volunteers working for the city of Bloomington accomplished 
during 2021. We would also like to thank our friends over at the Porthole Inn for sponsoring our community update. On behalf of Julie Beasley and the entire team here at the South Central Indiana News Network, my name is Skip Daly. Join us Fridays as we keep you in touch with what's happening. This was a production of the South Central Indiana News Network.